Welcome along to the Three Amigos FBL podcast. I'm the Marple Curse and I'm joined today by my amigo Mars, who you can find on Twitter at Mars05, and Kylie, who you can find at Kylie FPL. Make sure you're following our group account at Three Amigos FPL. In this Getting to Know You mini-series, we've interviewed FBL managers from all over the world, as it's our mission to let our listeners get to know the people behind the FBL accounts we interact with each week. To do that, we've come up with 20 questions, which will reveal exactly who they are. With the Amigos now, we have Jeff, who you should all know and love, of course, from Twitter, at Thunder66UK. Jeff, you're very welcome to the Three Amigos show. Are you ready to bear your soul to the FBL community? If I said no, can we just have a, a, a friendly chat about FBL instead? If that makes you more relaxed, <laughs> yeah. that's no problem. No problem. Yeah, but, and, and it's Mr. Jeff for you, Don. Now, that, now, now we can confirm that it's Mr. Jeff. Oh, yeah. <laughs> him or her. He could just be a very he could he could just be a very deep voiced lady. I'm, I'm doing, You're not I'm supposed doing to John generalize in, and assume. I'm doing my John Inver voice, menswear. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, if I had, ready, that, that day in in my defense, listeners, one one day Jeff had his a listener question into the show. And um, and I didn't have the full username alongside the name, so I was reading it, and I only had his handle, and I couldn't assume it was a man or a woman by Thunder sixty six UK. But um, but Jeff Jeff has very he very clearly put Mister um, Jeff on every other future question, so um, so that I'd know. But um, Jeff, you're very welcome anyway. So will we get cracking at and uh, see can we get to know you a little bit better? Yep, got far away. Perfect. So um, the first question is, describe yourself for us in three words. Okay, well, the first word I'm going to go for um, in line with what we were just saying is male. Um, so if the voice doesn't <laughs> clarify it, um, I'll put that on there for you. And I think you've suffered enough on that, Don, so uh, we'll move yeah. on and, and mock for other things. <laughs> thanks, thanks. <laughs> appreciate that. He's been waiting for that forgiveness for so long now, Jeff. They have they have actually <laughs> abused me about it every week pretty much. Nah, you went off, fun of you went off the show. <laughs> um the second word I go for is humorous. Um I I do I, in my opinion think I have a reasonable sense of humor. Other people may differ, but if I can put a smile on someone's face or a laugh in someone's throat, um I feel that's a good thing this day and age. So I, I try to make uh, that sort of difference if I can. Um, and the third word being, um, it was a word that was written down by somebody and I wasn't supposed to see it. And it just said that Jeff is nice. Um, so I think that's quite a sincere thing. And it's not, not too bad word. I think it's very true. I'm surprised musical didn't come into it because I, I, I keep seeing you always putting <laughs> out rhymes and like ah, so, and songs poet. and stuff like that. Oh, there's poet. another 19 question. There's another 19 questions, Mars. It might be there. <laughs> <laughs> I think we can all agree nice and humorous and male are absolutely spot on. Yeah. Perfect man, how's that? Yeah. <laughs> I was just trying to get humble and um and modest in there, but I, but I had so many other good things I couldn't fit those two in. <laughs> nice. <Maybe it's> fine. <laughs> okay, next question. So why don't you tell us, you know, where you live and, and what you currently do? Okay. 
Um, I live in, in Gloucestershire, uh, southwest England, about 100 miles um, west of London, um, in the Cotswolds, which is an area of um, natural, a designated area of natural beauty. Um, so it's a lovely place to live. Um, I was born and grew up for the first seven, eight years just north of uh, London in a place called Dunstable, which um, not so much. Um, and between the two, I spent nine years in uh, Texas um, living and uh, developing my American ways and likes. Um, as far as employment, uh, my background is in the financial services industry. Oh. <clears throat> um, the most exciting thing probably about that is um, back in the 90s, I worked for the company that sponsored the Football League um, after the, the Premier League broke away. Um, and we got um, involved in the hospitality and the PR for um, all the all the league clubs. Um, I was a, a Luton fan, um, and there weren't many of those around, so I got nominated with being the hospitality um, guide for the, the football club on a Saturday. Um, so it, it was um, going through the uh, the players' car park and through the, the main entrance, through the directors, um, fraternising and uh, mixing with the players and the and the staff. A bit of a dream, really, for a football fan to be able to do that, even if it was Luke. <laughs> um, I got to do a couple of uh, Man of the Match awards um, and um, made some nice, uh, Jeff Astle, uh, Mark Lawrence, and all these sort of people you get to meet. Um, the, the only downside I can remember was um, running into Ian Dowie wearing only a towel. Um, he, was, he, was, he, was coming, he was coming out of the shower, so um, there was a downside as well. <laughs> Yeah, uh, he, Ian Dowie, and he's he's no um, Olivier Giroud, shall we say? Wow, <laughs> you <is>? are. <laughs> yeah, that's brilliant. It was a, it was great. That is brilliant. So I guess that's that's how you got into football, probably. But um, how did you get into FPL, and when? Um, well, I'm much older than than that. So you 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 flatter me, Morris. So my football really goes back a lot lot longer than that. Um, when I was one month old, I was um at um, Jeff Hurst's cousin's house as he put the hat trick in at Wembley. <laughs> so that, that's dated I'm gonna for be, you. I'm going to be, I'm, I'm gonna be um, counting how many name drops we get. This is quite impressive. <laughs> it is brilliant. Well, so you've been around was, a long when time. I saw, He's when a I connected man. When I Jeff Holt, I was going, that sounds a lot like Jeff Hurst, Jeff Holt. You know, so it's like a, you know, yeah, I, thought, I thought together. actually, I wonder, I wonder if there are a lot of kids that are, about your age, I'd imagine name Jeff in England, I would say. Yeah, quite possibly around that year. I mean, I was a month before the final I was born in June, so um, maybe my mum had a premonition. <laughs> maybe, maybe. But, but, but as far as my first real football influence, it was, um, I was growing up in the early 70s. My, my boyhood heroes are Alvin Stardust, Captain Scarlet, and Kevin Keegan. Um, so um, we're very varied three, but um, I can just about remember the 74 uh, FA Cup final with Liverpool beating Newcastle. So I was all set up for um, the Shankly and the Paisley years and all the success that Liverpool would be having in my lifetime when I was suddenly whisked away to North Texas and spent the next decade supporting the Dallas Tornado in the MSL. Not quite as glorious. <laughs> no. So I missed and, all uh, the Paisley years. <laughs> Yeah, the, the the real golden age at Liverpool, I guess. Yeah. But uh, it would have been an exciting time. But um, what did you? How much? How did you enjoy though living in um, in the US? It's a wonderful place to grow up. I mean, I was I was nine when I went, 
Um, and I was in um, North Texas, so it was, um, if you like the weather, you've got it there. It's a bit warm for me, really. But um, for someone who going to school with no real responsibilities, it was a wonderful uh, lake, lakeside life and outdoor life, barbecues, that sort of thing. So I was very, very lucky, very fortunate. The um, the FPL bit, just very briefly, I, I, um, because of the, the age thing here, I do go back to the days of the Deal and Skinner Sandy Football League. That's the first thing I really remember, and the newspaper ones. So I know a lot of your previous um, interviewees have said about the, the newspapers being very awkward um, and expensive to run. So we just decided to do our own version. We and we played our own version at work. So we devised our own little FPL. <laughs> oh, very good. Yeah, no, the Badil and Skinner one. That was probably how I actually first became um, became really aware of uh, of fantasy football. Because I think it was a Friday night. Wasn't on the that? TV every Friday night, yeah. And okay, Jeff, so my, so tell us what what is your highest ever finish in FBL? Okay, um, my best finish was last season, um, which I finished three thousand six hundred and eighty. Um, I was um, rated eight hundred in the game week one, and I don't think I was outside the top ten thousand all season. So once you start with eight hundred, maybe a little bit disappointing, but again, quite a quite a happy result with that. That's, That's brilliant. Mars, Mars just thinking of thinking. Mars just thinking of that number. He feels dizzy. Jeff, so well done on that one. <laughs> I've been <laughs> higher than tell, that number. Don, what's your highest? Hmm. And, uh, Let's move Jeff, on swiftly. And Jeff, tell us what's what's your best um, FBL memory? Does that tie into that finish, or is there another thing? Um, well, one of them actually contributes to that. So I've got two. If I can have two answers. Mm-hmm. Um, nice. The I, I was fortunate enough to get the um, the triple captain on Mo Salah against Watford last year. Oh wow! So it was eighty-seven points for that, and I got one hundred and twenty-six, I think, for the week. That was the day, the game week, where there were just four matches. That's insane. So that, that such was such a good, such a good that, result. That a nice and memory. in a single blank game week, no less. That yeah, serious jump in rank. Yeah, I think that got me up into to where I was. I was probably around the ten thousand mark before that, and that got me up to my my eventual finishing rank. But um, it was I think the the double game weeks were coming up after that, and Kane was ill, um, Aguero was in and out of the team, so there was no other real um, solid um, candidates. So I thought, well, let's go a punt on this one and uh, go with go with Mo against Watford, and he came through on it. Lovely job, uh, and the other one is more of a is more of a personal thing, and it's one that shows the the lovely people there are in the community. Um, I was one of the the streams I follow. Um, there's quite a tight knit group of uh, supporters to the the stream. Um, and earlier, or was it was last year, end of last year, um, one of the presenters is coming up to their birthday, um, and they said on the stream, "I'd really like a shirt for my club." Um, and um, I got together with a few other of the the ones who'd been there since the start and said, well, anyone fancy contributing some money so that this presenting guy get the shirt? <clears throat> and everyone, um, so nice, yeah, no problem, it's not a great idea to do it. So the next live stream, um, I put a, a code word in, which um, was a prompt for a super chat, and all the the followers of that stage then did interview with super chats, and they all came in like a barrage at one time on this live stream. Um, and got enough money to pay for this shirt for the for the presenter, um, and it was just the way that everybody quite they came together and said, "Yeah, of course we, we'll do that." And uh, it, it it was magical to watch. It really was when they 
they're on screen and they just don't know what's going to happen and they're hit with 15 super chats. Mm-hmm. That's quite a special time. Uh, you're, you're nice isn't, doesn't cover you, Jeff. Yeah. <laughs> you're another level, Jeff, in a good way. <laughs> That, that's such a nice thing, though. Um, and it is, it, you know, it is things like that that reflect how lovely the community is as well. Because, I mean, I you, agree, you, yeah. there's very occasional kind of toxic moments. Um, but then you see so much of that sort of thing that's really, it's why we're all a part of it, I guess. Um, and you actually, know, that leads. Uh, the, the, one, thing, one thing, Kay, is the one thing I wanted to say about that is, you know, when we talk about this community, the community is who we want it to be ourselves. It is if our we don't own like community, yeah. Being toxic is just we just block mute, and then our yeah. community is exactly who we like in our community. Exactly. I don't. I don't That's have anyone exactly. in my community. For instance, my FBL community, who I feel, oh no, is always spiky with me. So I find that they bring out the better FBL manager in me. I just want somebody. I want to interact with people that I think I would like to meet in the real world. <laughs> Yeah. And Jeff would definitely be up there. Yes, he would. And actually, as I was just going to say, the next question kind of leads nicely uh, from there. So what do you like most about the game and what do you dislike most? Okay. Um, as far as the like, um, I, I think there's a lot of, lot to like about the game. It's uh, very smooth. Um, compare it to, say, games in the past, which have been very cumbersome to play and you really have to work at it. Um, I think the infrastructure of the game is great with the um, the websites and the the apps. Everything goes smoothly 99% of the time. Um, so I think the that. Um, and the, the overall thing I think which is great about the game is the way it suits all kinds of managers. So you can be the 10 hours a day full-time FPL um, employed manager and you've got enough stats there to keep you going all day. Um, and longer. I mean, I love stats, but there's way too many for me there. Um, you can be the the manager who takes the 15 minutes on a Friday night, has a quick look at your team, does it, then doesn't see it again until the next Friday. And the the game and the system caters for that manager equally, as well as it does for someone who wants it more in depth. So I think that's it's the flexibility of the system, which I think is probably the best thing overall. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I, I think Don is the 15 minute manager. Unless he's doing well, he becomes uh, claims to be the five-hour manager. Um, yeah. <laughs> but he has got so, you guys to look after as well. It's, it's yeah. very well, hard. It's very hard to improve on perfections. There's no point in me looking at it. It's wondering. not hard How to improve on a two million. Fi- it's not hard to improve on a two million finish, Don. Now let's be, let, let's be honest. Come on. <laughs> there, there is a song, um, Don, which is called "It's Hard to Be Humble When You're Perfect in Every Way." Yeah, I like that. <laughs> I'll have to get that on Spotify. <laughs> right, so um, as far as the thing I dislike, oh yeah, um, sure. I'll do that one. Um, it's the difficulty in staying away from template. Um, no matter how hard you try, um, you, the, some agencies you can look at your team and say, um, okay, those five or six that are playing tomorrow, I don't care about because everybody's got them. And as much as you try to fight against it, you're always going to have that, I think, um, creeping in um, to the template. And I think that takes away a little bit when you're having to ignore the big hitters. And it would be lovely if there was something that would differentiate between um, those so you could actually get a bit of a leg up on someone, that sort of thing. Well, you can have the chance. You're the manager for one day at FBL headquarters. What would you do to change? 
Okay, well, I guess I'd better talk about differentials then, hadn't I? <laughs> Otherwise, we're, we're going backwards. So. <laughs> um, yeah, so what I would look at would be the rules um, to assist differentials. So not someone coming in and picking differential players, but things in the background which actually means the differentials are created. Um, I believe one of these may have been in the game in the past. I don't know if anyone remembers a case when if a player came off the bench, um, it would be half points rather than the full points. That, that I believe was the case previously. I don't, I, um, I don't remember. I don't remember that either. No, that yeah. would predate me playing. Yeah, I don't remember. I think Joe um, on um, uh, Scout said about it. So um, that was in the placement. That seems like a great idea to have that to me because it differentiates them between your 15 and your 11 straight away. Mm. Um, yeah, no, similarly, no. similarly, if you were to do, if your captain doesn't play. Your vice captain comes on, he gets one and a half times the points rather than double points. There's another little differential there in the rules. Oh, edgy it, stuff here, yeah, Jeff. <laughs> he running so this down. You, some people like to make real changes, I guess, to try to make the game more complex, um, and other people like to try to simplify the game more. Um, yeah. So you'd be more kind of trying to make it, I guess, a little bit more complex or a little bit more rewarding, I guess, to people who... Yes, but it means that um, you're getting a bit more variation. I've got two more very briefly, if I may. Um, of course, go ahead. The third one I came across when looking at it, saying, okay, Salah is my captain for the rest of the season. Uh, then a limit on the amount of times you can captain an individual player. So if you could only captain Salah 10 times, you might be a little more picky and it might sort of bounce around a bit. Well, I quite like that one because that would be really difficult when you have the likes of an informed seller and, say, Aguero. Uh, most of us have probably captained a very small pool of players throughout the season, so it would be very challenging. Yeah, I'm going to go you back know, to the one thing, like Jeff, Jeff, you, Yeah, but, Jeff, you've inspired me to think of one thing there, actually, would be um, what about if you leave being your captain without changing your captainality, you get some sort of bonus if you've kept them in for 10 weeks running that it's like a, a bonus round that you have uh, the 11th one they can second yeah, we, well I guess it'd be it'd be better if it was rewarding people who um, for more activity as opposed to where you'd have a load of managers who'd leave man, um, you know the dead teams who would be getting rewarded by having the same captain all year yeah so you don't get them crossing over into other people so it's like an incremental bonus as it goes on mm. And the, and the fourth one, if you like those, this is the one I, I, I like the most. Um, as I said, my, my background is in insurance. So um, when you're going through the season, it, the most frustrating thing, I think, when you look at your game sheet is, it, um, is, is players having a negative point against their name. So not, a, not only have they done nothing for you, they've taken your team backwards. Um, and those negative points come from penalty misses, red cards, and own goals predominantly. What I would propose, when you're setting your team up at the start of the season, you put your team name in, you've got your players selected, you get three questions. Do you want to take out insurance against your players missing penalties? If you say yes, you get an instant points deduction of whatever the calculation is. <laughs> and you're covered for any, any penalty misses for the season. You don't miss, you don't lose points. And you do the same thing for own goals and uh, red cards. I like it. It's putting an extra financial spin on it. And we already, with that whole stock market thing, um, 
have a little bit of that. So that would be quite hilarious because it adds another element of risk and reward. Yeah, it's it's sort of weighing it up. You can see so for 20 points off my, my total, how many red cards are my players going to get? And you can see Aguero setting up for a penalty inside. I don't mind if he misses or not. <laughs> <laughs> so that's uh, the one I, I, I like most. Yeah, no, I like that. I like that too. Yeah, I think I think uh, FBL managers we love we do love to talk about rule changes because um, I think we we even as much as we love the game we've all improvements we'd like to suggest. Um, Mayor Jeff, describe yourself for us as an FPL manager in three words. Okay, um, I'm going to go for un- unconventional because um, I I very rarely use my chips within a double game week. Um, I like triple ups on defence, albeit for short periods and. Um, hits I take quite a lot, so I'm. If you look at the um, the typical um, long-standing manager or the the ones that people look up to, that's very much against what they would do. Um, I'd say I'm carefree, so if all these um, unconventional puns go wrong, um, it doesn't bother me too much. You just they're my decisions. I've done it. Move on and do it again. Um, and third is fun. Have fun with the game. Enjoy it. Um, it's what it's there for. Don't let it down, let you down too much. Okay, so what is your target each season in FPL, and do you have a mini league, cash or otherwise, that you would look to first, or is it all about overall rank? Um, the rank side of it doesn't really bother me too much. I don't, I don't think I really would say I'd have a target. Um, I think maybe my target is enjoy it, have fun with it, so you're pretty much hitting your target every year if you're going to do that. Um, I've got that that four thousand finish in the bank, and I think it's probably quite tough to. You have to have a lot go your way to get back up there. So, just basically to enjoy the game. Um, as far as mini leagues, what I have done, I don't know. Um, we have there's three amigos in it, so you're obviously aware of this bloggers league. Um, last season when I was um, playing, I was I'd enjoying comparing my score to the the streamers and the, the podcasts and the bloggers I was following, but I found out that they didn't. There was no one league. Um, they're all in their individual leagues, but there was no way to compare all of them. So I had about 10 that I was following. Um, I sent out some tweets to them and said, would you be interested if I set up a league of, of um, going into it? So I had a very positive response, um, and I had about 10 or 12 in the league for the end of the previous season, um, and that's now expanded. So um, in this league of bloggers and streamers, we've now got 33 fairly big names, Three of them very big and on the, with me now. Um, <laughs> I mean, I mean and, and what I, I guess is good. I could just ask you guys, what do you think of the league? I love it. I think it was a great idea because it is a, a very valid point. Um, it, we're all in so many different leagues. Often we have, you know, our own leagues for, you know, particularly when people have a website or, or a podcast uh, that they do, they tend to have a, a league specifically for that and, and uh, listeners. So, but, and, you know, while there would be some crossover, I would be in some leagues with other content creators, but certainly not all of them. So it's interesting. Plus, you have a whole different spin with your uh, match day points, which I will never understand the maths behind, but I find it fascinating. <laughs> I've been doing poorly in it recently, though, however. <laughs> it's sort of going up and down. Yeah. Um, if you're familiar with Formula One racing, that's the basis that I've done it on as far as the scoring in that, in that you take in Formula One, the top five, ten places in each race get points. So 
um, I take the top 10 scores for the game week and then allocate points from 25 down to one based on that. So you're never really out of the competition. Um, and it's uh, just, let's say it does put a little bit of a different uh, um, sphere. You could be top of the I, table. Yeah, I like that. The, the fact that, you know, there's quite high points up for grabs for individuals each each week. So there is the potential for people to jump quite dramatically if they go on a, on a really good run, even if they've had maybe a, a more difficult season. And it doesn't, you know, overall rank is, is irrelevant in that. So there's always something to strive for. Yeah, I think or, the, the top... I, I know I was there. I was Sorry, very late point. joining it, Jeff, wasn't I? So um, yeah, the, you I noticed, time, haven't you? Yeah, but that first week I was uh, I saw my points total and I was uh, you post up one picture of the league standings and I was quite up and high up in it and I went wow I've jumped that high <laughs> and then I realised that was just for that week. Um, so um, it was it was fortunate I think that Paz I was on zero for a while, so I wouldn't feel too bad. I passed him the first <laughs> week, so it was. It was, good. was good. <laughs> Oh dear, you've upset him now. <laughs> oh, he he always tries. I've always got I've always got that two million uh, finish in my bank. You know, I always pick up once in a while. <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't two million Mars. <laughs> what do you reckon of the bloggers league, Morris? Sorry. What do you reckon of the bloggers league? Do you I enjoy love being it. in it? it? Yeah, of course I do. It's uh, you know we're all competitive in our own way. Um, and having everybody that does content in one league, yeah, it's it's brilliant, and I, I love the twist that you bring. Like, like Ali, I never understood it, but yeah, I, I'm I'm kind of getting the the gist of it now because I've I've not been getting any points. <laughs> <laughs> It'll turn around, promise you. <laughs> well, I, I had I had a good period uh, in February, I think, and then uh, you know the the go big or go home is has turned to go home at the moment. <laughs> So we want to get a, we've, um, we're going to do it again for next season. If there's anybody that happens to listen to this that thinks, hey, man, I, I do content and I'd like to be involved in it, then uh, let me know. Bigger cool. the better. Yeah, definitely. So uh, what what is the thing that you must do before each deadline, um, Jeff? Um, apart from listening to the Three Amigos, you want me to say? Well, naturally, yeah, that, that gives you a board. That naturally. gives you a board. Hang on, nailed it. <laughs> Perfect. Um, okay, this is. Um, you, you may um, be aware that my wife plays the game as well, Maria. Um, and um, this was actually brought in. It's her first season doing it in full, so I brought in a six-point plan to go through to make sure that everything was right for the end of the, the week. So basically, um, step one is make sure there's no absences, any bans or injuries. Two, make sure you've got the rest, the right keeper playing and the right one on the bench. Three, look at your defence. Have you got the right defenders in, home ties, that sort of thing. Four, look at your eight attacking players. Make sure you have the correct seven of those in. Five, look at your bench order. Make sure that's right. And then six, captain, vice-captain. So there are things that are very basic probably to an experienced player, but because she was starting out, I thought, we'll put these down and she can then do this checklist each week. And... I did it so often that I start doing that now. So I've sort of taken that on, um, which usually does mean that you can uh, get everything happy before you hit that confirm button. That's it's lovely. actually amazing. It's that, the simple that, stuff can make a big yeah. difference. And then that way you're, you're maybe doing less that to your wife or doing that for your wife is brilliant. <laughs> yeah. but she, she, had the last laugh, she had the last laugh for me a couple of weeks ago, though, and I'm going to, I didn't, I, wasn't, I wasn't sure whether to admit this or not. But um, 
couple of weeks ago, I did a late transfer to bring um, Terence in, Terence Trent, Alexander Arnold. Um, and um, for whatever reason, the timing, I obviously didn't do it because when he got his second assist in the uh, the game, I went to my team to check it and see how much it had risen thanks to these bonus points and assists that uh, Alexander Arnold was getting. And I thought, well, it's not updated. Why is that? So looking at my team closer, I could see Bednarek sitting there proudly in my defense. <laughs> and looking at me vainly from the bench was... Oh, yeah. dear. <laughs> so, so I missed out on, what was it, about 18 points that week, wouldn't he, got? It was, yeah. <laughs> so that's, always do what you say, not what you're told. <laughs> that's good, because you, you, actually, um, you actually man up and accepted it. Maris did a similar thing earlier on the season where he brought in somebody... And he, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. and it was all claimed. Oh, there was a conspiracy against against him and the official FBL crowd. Mark Sutherns, I think, was worried about losing his main gig on official FBL, so um, so he sabotaged Mars's team. <laughs> um, but uh, but you you just manned up and accepted that you probably didn't press it or didn't confirm in time or something. Yeah, I think I just didn't do it in the end because it was a late transfer. I was I didn't know whether to take the hit or not, and I just sort of stuck it. And he went onto the bench, and I didn't oh, check horrible. it. So, yeah. <laughs> but I've got him uh, in for his two points this week. <laughs> um, and tell us, when it comes to choosing your captain and deciding on transfers, how and when do you usually do that? Is that part of? I know you have your your six steps, but um, but when when do you usually do those transfers and and the captaincy decisions? Um, I'll put in what I think is going to be the basic captain, vice captain, as soon as the the existing game week starts. So that changes over straight away. Um, the transfers, if I can, I will wait until we get through all the midweek games and any injury crisis, that sort of thing. Um, I, I don't tend to rage transfer, but I, I will um, try to preserve value transfer. So um, if it was a, I mean, the the prices have been so. A huge fluctuation this year so um if you miss a day or two you've lost like like sun was went up um four days running i think is in his hot spell so um i've done a couple of early transfers there and i've not been bitten by them but largely it would be the last thing of the week uh, as far as the the transfers always safer yeah Okay, and do you, I mean, many of us have our nemeses in, in fantasy football. Do you have any no-go players, any no-go teams? I mean, we know about Mars and his hatred of Dini. <laughs> Is there anyone like that for you? One day you're going to have a relative of Troy Dini's on, he's in real trouble. <laughs> I would not be surprised. But he, he it's a love-love relationship. <laughs> Um, I, I don't have any particular grudge players. Um, there are players that would have to show a huge um, run of form for me to get them in. Um, Benteke was one I always um, had trouble with. Um, I know he's doing a lot better now, but Lukaku, I always, when I ever had him, did nothing and always was missing very easy chances, in my opinion. So Lukaku is a bit of a... Um, uh, and I'm a nemesis, I suppose, on that. So he'd have to do really well to get in my lineup. Um, and premium goalkeepers. Um, I've I usually go with a rotation goalkeeper. Um, when I've tried to put in premium, um, De Gea last year, I think he went about five games without doing any, any clean sheets. Um, but I just have bad luck with premium goalkeepers, so I'd stay away from that. Cool. That's uh, that's fair. 
So um, now you said you're a Luton fan, but I'm pretty sure you also support Liverpool. So yeah, um, yeah, I, I was uh, I was a bit confused. <laughs> um, very briefly <laughs> on that, um, when I was growing up, I, I had the Kevin Keegan hero thing. So yeah. I supported Liverpool for when I was about nine. Then when I went to the States, I lost contact. So the reason I, I, I from Luton, I came home to Luton, which is my hometown. And I got into the Luton team that was doing quite well at that stage. So Liverpool are my historical team. Luton are my hometown team. OK, fair enough. So let's talk. If, so if you were thinking about Liverpool, how do you feel about cheering on their rivals if you have their players in, the, in fantasy football? No, no, I'm very much down the line that you you do. It's the the club first. Um, FPL, we can work around. Um, if um, Liverpool win the title and my players are scoring against them as well, then fine. But I'm not going to going to uh, accept points to to um, to our detriment. So Liverpool is first. Yeah, it's definitely the way it is for for all of us. I think, especially this season. Yeah, uh, I'm uh, just ruthless, but you know, you guys are a different breed. So I'm all about my team. Liverpool fan now, <laughs> I've been adopted. <laughs> and Jeff, if you could pick one player, past or present, for your FPL team, who would that be? So I'm looking forward to hearing this. Uh, is it going to be some old timer <laughs> from the Liverpool teams, or is it is it um, is it one of the more modern breeds? Um, you're expecting me to go for Stanley Matthews now, are you? <laughs> yeah. Um, I'll tell you what, we'll give you a bit of a quiz on this one so you can get this one first then. Um, yeah. It's not going to be one of the recent ones. I know there have been some huge, great players, Van Persie, Suarez, Henri, all the other ones um, in the last few years. But I'm going to go back to when I first started playing. Um, this, this player uh, played from 86 to 2002. He was an attacking midfielder. Paul Gascoigne? No, no, same sort of era, maybe a little bit earlier than that. Um, he scored um, 161 goals in the time he was playing. Um, and he scored a high of 25 in 1994. Gary Lineker? No, he played his whole... No, no, attacking no, he midfielder. Was, he, was, yeah. attacking whole, he played his whole career with one club. And you probably know him now more for a Saturday afternoon on um, Soccer Saturday. And he's, and he's from the Channel Islands. Oh, uh, Matt Letizia. Yeah, that's the guy. He, I, I don't, I mean, I wasn't a Southampton fan or anything, but when I got Matt Letizia on my team, he was going through a real purple patch at that stage when... I don't, you remember some of his incredible goals when he was flicking them up from the yeah, yeah. side of the penalty area. And in in addition to be a hugely entertaining player to watch, um, he was just scoring ridiculous points week in, week out. Um, and I think um, he was my best player at the time. So, yeah, we'll shout back to Matt on that one. Mm, okay. Now, we're going to move away from football and FPL for a second and touch on the really important critical question here. Favourite food? Favorite drink, go. <laughs> okay, um, I do like my food, um, and I do like my drinks. So we're on good, good ones here. Um, my American influence is going to show up a little bit in both. Um, if you've ever been to a baseball game and had a ballpark hot dog and ballpark nachos, 
in their simplest form, they are. Oh, the is that the have. liquid cheese though? I remember seeing. Uh, I was yeah, at an NFL uh, match, and they had that that cheese there, and they were filling up the, you know, whatever they called big tin thing that it's in, um, with like this bag of this orange liquid cheese, and I was horrified. I'm not gonna <laughs> lie; it looked a bit unappealing. Yeah, liquid gold and nacho cheese. It's 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 an acquired taste, probably. Um, but and I, I do I like I had cheese girl. on chips. Yeah, and that did not do anything for me. I would never have one of them the, that type of cheese before on like crisps or not crisps, but um, um chips. Great and, yeah. Um, yeah, wasn't able to go there. But you know what? You know what, Jeff? We'll we'll let the your way. You're a nice enough guy that will let you away with it. Okay. <laughs> I was very and young as well. What about the drink? I was very young. Well, I'm I'm not gonna the, the hot dog wasn't my favourite. I'm just gonna go for a full English breakfast as my my definite answer on that one. Yeah, a popular choice. And your favourite drink? Um, I'm gonna go for um, if you're free, I'll take I'll go out with a cappuccino uh, with you, Carly. Ah, coffee man, excellent. Be <laughs> still my beating heart. I'm always uh, yeah. suspicious of these tea drinkers. You know, they're an odd, <laughs> odd breed. Yeah, my my wife's a tea drinker, so we're a bit of a, a conflict there. <laughs> <laughs> Opposites attract. That's what there they you go, say. She knows her drink. That's for sure. It's all about the tea. <laughs> Mr. Uh, Diet Coke and Lime. No, no, no. Full fat, please. Jeff, full fat Coke on. and Lime. Okay. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> There's no fat in Coke. It's about the sugar, guys. Seriously. There was a drink in America called Mr. Pib, which I was addicted to. Um, and it was a bit like having a full full fat Dr. Pepper and putting golden syrup in it is what it tastes like. Oh, you love it. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I have it now. <laughs> oh. So, um, Jeff, your house is on fire, uh, and obviously your wife and any other uh, people living with you is, uh, are fine and alive, animals, etc. And you can only save one non-living item. What would that be? Okay, well, um, the first one, my wife has a, a collect. She collects aromatic candles, and you know the ones that come in the the jars. Um, and have um, about 50 Yeah, you probably don't want themselves. them to add them to the fire, to be fair. <laughs> that might take exactly. <laughs> Leave them in the, fire, in the house, it's going to make the fire so much more difficult to put out, but at least it'll smell nice for the firemen. Yeah, it will smell uh, nice, yeah. <laughs> um, but I discounted that one, and I went for a serious one in the end, um, a sentimental one. My, I have um, 20 years' worth of uh, diaries uh, that my mom kept for the last 20 years of her life. So it, it covers the time we came back from the States, and then something, something again in England. So those are, are lovely the memento to have. So those would be very much the first thing. Well, that's brilliant. That's much, much better than a phone or a wallet or any of the other items, I have to say. And, um, Jeff, uh, do you have any special skill? Um, we You hinted earlier on, I think, what this might be, so, um, so <laughs> let it rip. I thought I'd blow my can- my uh, trumpet a little bit, my candle, remember that, blow my trumpet <laughs> a little bit here. Um, yeah, creative writing. Um, you may have seen the odd uh, poem flashing up here and there around the, the FPL um, environment. Um, it's something that I've, I've been able to, I, I hated it in school, um, didn't like creative writing at all, was forced to do poetry. As soon as I left school, I just suddenly thought I had a knack to it, so... I used to go on coach tours and holidays, and I'd do an end of, of uh, tour poem um, for everybody on that, and that's how I got started into it. 
um, and then sort of doing song lyrics and different song titles. Um, and then as I, it's something I come up with pretty much off the cuff, uh, a little bit of poetry, um, just to add a bit of interest to what I'm saying. I love that. I was uh, creative writing is is um, one of my the word passion is trite, but it it is yeah. So I I can totally relate. I was never much of a poet, but more of a prose girl. But I do love a bit of creative writing, uh, and I have been fortunate enough to see many of your your poems, and uh, they're lovely, Jeff. And it does add some colour to the the community. Why talk about fantasy football when you can wax poetic? It's delightful. And after my own heart, for sure. <laughs> Thank you, guys. It's nice. Okay, so then favourite type of music kind of follows on a little bit. We're talking about lyrics and poetry. Indeed. Um, my, my music tastes, again, follow my um, path of where I've been living, I guess. So growing up in the early 70s, I was into glam rock. Um, I said Alvin Stardust was, um, for some reason, a childhood hero. Um, I love the sweet, um, that sort of music. When I went to the States... Um, I had my own sort of, I went when I was nine, so I 18, so it's really the formative year. So um, I guess my own sort of U.S. high school musical stuff like um, Asia, Boston, um, uh, that sort of thing. Favorites being Bruce Springsteen and Tom Petty. Um, I think that Tom Petty has written some incredible stuff, so he'd probably be my top one. And while I was in Australia, Cardi, I came across um, someone you probably heard of, um, Cold Chisel, Jimmy Barnes. Oh, yes. Jimmy Barnes, good old Jimmy. He is uh, <laughs> something of an institution in Australia. I didn't know much about him, but they there were cassettes everywhere, so I was um, being hit by uh, by Cold Chisel all the time. Some of the stuff's quite good. Yeah, I mean, they, they were one of those bands with probably never heard of outside of Australia, but very very iconic within Australia. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 what you get, I guess, for travelling around. You get to. Uh, experience all sorts of uh, different types of music. I had it down as an R&B and hip-hop man, to be honest. Some, uh, <laughs> I was going <laughs> to... I thought you might get excited. I was going to say my favourite drink was... was My favourite was iced tea. And I meant the drink, not the rapper. <laughs> but tra- travelling around the world, Mars, I did... Um, I travelled 1996 when I was doing my Australia trips and around Europe. And no matter what country I went to, um, the Macarena was number one. So it does have its downside as well. <laughs> To the Macarena. <laughs> Good God, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can just imagine Don trying to do the Macarena. That's hilarious by itself. Uh, my all my limbs, the, none of them coordinate with each other. So my <laughs> left hand, I'd have to literally look at the limb to make sure it's doing the right thing. It, are you, sorry, are you happy with the macaroni, Don? Uh, everything goes. Everything goes everywhere. It's it's diabolical. It's like a robot. If I was doing the robot dance, it looked like a robot that that is out See, of control. I and, was... uh, I was the right era. Now, I was only, like, I was little, you know, um, but just the right age to be practicing the Macarena in the bedroom. I was all about that. <laughs> Knew all the moves. Yeah. If you did that now, you'd have been on YouTube or TikTok or whatever, wouldn't you? <laughs> <laughs> this is exactly right. Whereas back then, this is pre-YouTube days, so we were old school. You just had a mirror. Yeah, and a, and a, um, a hairbrush. Well, yeah, yeah. Abergold, uh, which was... One of the formative albums for me, uh, just because it was in my mum's CD collection. But Abergold, yeah, all about the hairbrush. 
<laughs> we Definitely, need to speak, that's we, Spice Girls. We need to speak to Mama Amiga and see if we can dig one of those videos out. Okay, yeah. there's probably <laughs> probably a few of them uh, floating around. I would say. <laughs> it's okay. I was a cute kid, so I don't. I'm not mortified. Something's never changed, eh? Ah, see, so nice. <laughs> <laughs> right, Jeff. Uh, enough of being nice. Now we need to hear some. Uh, yeah, she's going to be guilty. giving out stink to me and Mars for not being yeah. nice to her now in a while. Don't know where we're Yeah, where are your like... flaws? This is what we need <laughs> yeah. to know. Guilty pleasures. Yeah. And I reckon habits. it's dancing to pop music, pop songs. Yeah, <laughs> that's what it is. Well, dancing music maybe behind me, Don. <laughs> um, okay. Um, my um, guilty pleasure um, is YouTube videos. Um, not in general, but because obviously there's a lot of our FPL content we watch on YouTube. Um, and when you're finished with that and you watch your 10 pods and, and streams, there's so much to choose from. There's nature documentaries, there's historical dramas, there's great sporting events, there's incredible pop concerts. So why do I spend an hour watching cute cut kittens and puppies and people falling over? Um, cute. Well, <laughs> I'm not really a cat person, but cute puppies. That is absolutely my jam. I nearly have an emotional breakdown when I see a cute puppy. I just can't even deal with it. Um, so I I have a tendency to, to do that as well. So I wouldn't even feel bad about it. Paul well, can tell. All, okay. <laughs> yeah, no, Paul can tell if I look particularly emotional and he comes home and looks at me and he'll be like, are you looking at dog videos again? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so, that's, so that's an okay one. Mars and Don are going to love this. Even when I'm nasty, I'm nice. Basically. <laughs> um, and the, um, the bad habit, um, I, I did ask uh, Maria to chip in on this one. Um, now, there was a the, – the answer really is piles. That's the one-word answer, and I will explain it. Um, there was an old money – You better explain that one, uh, Jeff, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's going to be worse. If I leave it at that and then say goodbye, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Um, there was a, a Monty Python sketch years ago about a society that was formed purely for the task of putting things on top of other things. Um, and that was all they were there for. So we have reports of things being not being on top of anything else at all. So this is my wife spoke with me is that I do tend to um, acquire piles of books, paperwork, notepads um, and anything. And the piles do grow around me i'm very aware of it until it gets to a stage when i get a very quiet word that says okay um do something about it so um yeah that would be the uh the bad habit that uh, was put was called up so much better than the other piles absolutely yeah <laughs> no, no could have been. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah that's uh i, I do have many others I'm, i can assure you though so um, i won't, won't broadcast them there <laughs> The, um, the, I remember FBL coach, I believe it was, who um, decided to just dob in his wife for her awful habits when he was on, and he didn't really even identify any of his own. Was that the coach, guys? <laughs> I don't I remember. That, I remember there were a few which actually left me. Did I really say that? <laughs> yeah, I know. That was that was that was what I, you sometimes go. I can't believe you just admitted to it. Ken Rooney did another disgusting thing. I think with his toenails or something. But uh, I think maybe Ken. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In case uh, you're hearing this, then she has no fault. So, 
good answer. Yeah, I can learn a lot from you, Jeff. Jeff, uh, it has been a pleasure getting to know you. Thanks a million for coming on Three Amigos. My pleasure. It's been a great, great fun, guys. Nice to talk to you all. Brave amigos are we, brother to brother and everyone, a brave amigo.